Welcome to Random Rambling and Rhetoric with TJ Mercer. That's my TT. And it's all powered by the Samsung Notes. Now, here's my TT. All right, so we're on day 30. Hey, my Ola Teju. We're on day 30. And uh, <laughs> we got two more days. <sighs> Yes, and I can't believe it. We have been hanging strong. So I am TJ Mercer. I'm known as the walking exclamation point, the world's greatest hugger. And uh, on my day job, I actually get to be the chief noisemaker of Media Mavericks Academy, which means I teach authors, experts, coaches, and entrepreneurs how to book themselves in the media. Hey, Lynn, in the media without a publicist and without being a celebrity. I'm a beast at what I do because I spent 25 years working in Hollywood. And uh, this season, this season, I've been given the assignment, the divine assignment to um, basically lead your exodus. That's just, there's no other way to put it. That's what God has called me to do in this season. Uh, be your Moses to wake you up, get you out of your Egypts and awaken the Peter within you. And so we spent the last 30 days, well, the last 29 days, today's 30. We spent the last 29 days really dissecting the story of Peter and how it applies to us and watching the evolution of when Jesus enters the mix Peter, who was a rough, 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 rough uh, uh, fisherman, vulgar in those days, like how he evolved. And so I'm excited. And I said at the beginning, when we first started this journey, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing and had no idea how God wanted me to teach it. And that he basically told me, I need you to just trust that I'm going to show up every day. I'm looking for my my hold on uh i'm gonna show up every day and tell you what i want you to teach and so uh that's been a challenge of not really knowing where we were headed and just trusting yes these are the car glasses these are the uh what we're calling the up uh the, i'm all the way up that's what we're calling these uh my friend Rhonda uh called these the all the way ups uh basically I lost my train of, train of thought of what the basically uh, Yvette says, thank you for coming to get me. It is my pleasure, Yvette. Um, but basically I had to trust that God was going to direct our path of how we're going to do this. And so I said jokingly at the beginning of this, that if we don't watch it, God is going to have us spend, you know, 20 some days in just laying the foundation of Peter's evolution. And then we're going to spend a day, in what Peter evolved into being. And that turned out to be true. Well, actually, it's been like two or three days. So with that said, y'all ready to eat? You ready to eat? Oh, there it is. I was looking for my... Sorry, guys. Um, there's a smudge in my glasses and it's bothering me. Y'all ready to eat and see what Jesus, what God has on deck for us to dive into today as a feast? Hey, Lashenda. If so, let us go to, let's go to Matthew 7. We're, we're traveling a bit today. So Yvette, tell my mom, uh, your daughter's going to travel a bit today. Not a lot, not a lot. We're going to travel a bit. So Miss Mary, tell Nejas, tell Nejas that, you know, she's she not going to have to be jumping all over the Bible, 
but we just need to travel just a little bit. Well, I tell you, you may want to tell Lashinda um, that we just may travel just a little bit, not a whole lot. We'll be back and forth to the Old and the New Testament. So we're going to start out at uh, Matthew 7, 28 and 29. Elsie says, I pray you had a better day today. Yes, I, I slept a lot today. God is, I feel it's so weird. He keeps putting me to sleep. Like I took like three naps today and each time he tells me stuff in my dreams and he keeps putting me to sleep. What is he, who is that else he always puts to sleep? Like, geez, okay, God, we go, we gonna take another nap today? So I don't know what he's getting me ready for, but it's like, I need a lot of sleep and a lot of strategy, but you know what? That's how God gets down. So we're gonna roll with it. So Matthew 7, 28 through 29. When Jesus had finished saying these things, so basically, basically, Jesus just spent three chapters of Matthew. So he had said a whole lot of things that these people had never heard. So he spent Matthew five as the Sermon of the Mount. He spent Matthew five, Matthew six, and all of Matthew seven. So 28 through 29. Here's where I want us to take us. So just so you know where we're headed, we're going to start co connecting the dots and really watching the, the next two days. We're going to watch what the fingerprint was that Jesus left on Peter. All of that time he rocked with Jesus for three and a half years. We want to now start looking at semblances where we, semblances, is that the right word I want to use there? I don't know. Just go with it. Y'all know what I mean. Examples. Okay. How about that? Is semblances a word? Did I just make up another word? I don't know. Um, but examples where we can literally see the fingerprint of Jesus on Peter. And there, so that you understand where this is coming from, there's no, there's no, and I've always known that we were going to finish with this. God has shown me at the very beginning that this is where we're going to finish. Because the one thing that's important to me is that the people who've had impact on my life, that they can look at me and see their fingerprint. It, it, it starts with my mom. It starts with my biological father. There's a glow that I get when like my cousins who know me because of my biological father, Mohawk, that they call me rabbit because that's a fingerprint. And that even though I only had him for eight years, there's something about his DNA. Like one of the chapters of my first book is called My Genes Are Tight. And I spelled G-E-N-E-S. And I talk about how even I only had him for eight years. But as I grew up, the people who knew him, the people who knew my father could still see his fingerprint on me. It's important to me that people like Patrice, who know I sat under my pastor, Donald Bell, one of the biggest compliments is when I was speaking in Louisiana and one of my old church members actually came to hear me speak. And afterwards, he came to me and said, I can see Donald Bell all on you. Because that man had such an impact on my life that I want you to see I'm not a duplicate of him, but you can see there's a fingerprint. His fingerprint is on me. 
When I coach my media mavericks, Lynn is here. I tell them, especially with those who work with me one-on-one, I'm not interested in making a whole bunch of little TJs. But I do, when I see an interview, I want you, I want to be able to pick up, oh yeah, that was me. It's important, I don't know. It's important for me to know that I mattered to make their lives better. So even when we come out of this, I'm not interested in you going out and being a TJ, but I do want to see that there's a fingerprint that I'm you're carrying part of my DNA on you because I've poured into you on such a level that you can't even help it. You can't even shake it if you tried. That's how God wrote with Jesus. That's how Jesus wrote with Peter. And we're going to start looking at Jesus's fingerprint on Peter. When I walk into a room, I want people to see Jesus's fingerprint on me. I'll never forget Kristen Chenoweth, Broadway superstar. She was in Wicked. Um, she has this beautiful operatic, you know, voice, <laughs> like stratos stratospheric, you know, range. Um, what movies has Kristen been in? Uh, major triple threat superstar Kristen Chenoweth and she was in a show with my friend Sherry Shepard and Sherry and I went to her house for a party and Kristen oh my gosh I never knew I wanted to meet her until I met her she was such a darling she walked up to to us she goes she's giggling like all conspiratorial and was like I've never hosted a house party before. I hope I do okay. And I'm falling out laughing because I'm like, this is Kristen Chenoweth. And so she 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 takes my hand, she takes me around the house. Oh my God, I'm so glad she you're here. And then she fixes me a doggy bag. Like I have pictures of the Kristen Chenoweth, Broadway television, movie superstar, Kristen Chenoweth um, fixing me a, a doggy bag. So at the end of the night, she comes over again and she's whispering conspiratorially. She goes, I know something about you. And I was like, okay. She goes, you know the father. And I was taken aback. I was like, yeah, I do. How'd you know? She's like, I can tell it's all over you. That set me on fire. Because whatever, however I walked into that room, however I took up that space, she could see the father's fingerprint on me. And so the next two days, the next two days, I want to see, I want us to look at how the father's and the son's fingerprint landed on Peter. So Matthew 27, 27, 28 through 29, when Jesus had finished saying these things, all that stuff he had been saying, that whole sermon, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority. The way he showed up, there was a boldness, there was a swag about him, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Go over to... Uh, Audrey, what you mean? You again, movie. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Connect the dots for me there, Audrey. Acts, go over to Acts 1, starting at verse 12. Let me make sure I'm in the right. 
Yeah. Okay. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went up to, I'm curious as to why that was an important, I hadn't figured that out. Why was that important to know that the, the distance was half a mile? Oh, that's the name of the movie was the, uh, you again. Got it, Audrey. Okay. Thank you. Um, when they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they, they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. We got Peter. He's leading first. Peter's first. Peter's name is first. We got John. We got James. We got Andrew. We got Philip. We got Thomas. We got Bartholomew. We got Matthew. We got James, son of Alphaeus. Then we got Simon the Zealot. Then we got the other Judas, son of James, because the, the other, the principal Judas is dead. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer. There's that prayer thing. Oops, let me mute this. They were constantly united in prayer and were along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women and the brothers of Jesus. So they roll in deep. During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, who stood up, Miss Mary? Who stood up? Peter. Okay, so let's not forget where we last saw Peter was Jesus reminding him of his call. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, dude, I thought we had settled that. Okay, good, then feed my sheep. Peter, you love me? Yeah, Jesus, what's up? Why you tripping? I, you know I do. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure you feed my sheep. Peter, I'm just checking in. You love me? This time Peter was hurt. Dude, I'm about sick of this. Like you embarrassing me in front of the, the bras. So I told you I love you. All right, feed my sheep. And what Peter was missing is that Jesus was redeeming him. And this is Jesus had returned, had, had returned and had seen them several times. And we now get ready to see Peter walk into his calling. Because remember, Peter, upon this rock, Peter, I changed your name from Simon to Peter. It means the rock. Now, Peter, it's time for you to step up. I laid the foundation with you for three and a half years. It's time for you to step up. Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Jesus, Judas, who guided those who arrested our Jesus. Ah, but this was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. And then here's where we found out what happened to Judas. Judas had bought a field with the money he received for his treachery, falling head first there, his body split open, spilling out all of his intestines. The news of his death spread to all the people of Jerusalem, and they gave that place the Aramaic name of Akeldama, which means filled of blood. Verse 20, Peter continued. This was written in the book of Psalms where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position, Peter is stepping into his leadership. So now must choose a replacement for Judas 
from the, among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. So there was dudes that were on the outskirts that's showing you how Jesus rolled. There was dudes on the outskirts. Then he had his 12 and then he had his intimate three. Among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with our Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us. From August 1st to August 31st, there have been those of you who have rocked with me since day one, whether you were here live or watching the replay. Whoever's chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus's resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Arsabas. Okay, he know his name, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then, ah, what they do? What they do, Miss Marilyn? They prayed. We've covered how Jesus prayed about everything. So they get ready to make a decision. The first thing we see of Jesus's fingerprint. And remember, if we remember, remember that I said there's a reason why God kept having us go over the same scriptures, because there was going to be a time. Hey, Miss T, there's going to be a time where we had to recall. And so it needed to be in our in our psyche of what had happened. And so remember, Jesus prayed all night. Before he chose his 12. So we see our first fingerprint. What did they do? They nominated two, but then they all prayed. Oh, Lord, you know, every heart. What we know about Jesus. <laughs> and I, you know, in my mind, Jesus maybe prayed all night because he was still trying to figure out how Judas made the cut in God's list. Remember that? Because God had to know Judas's heart. And that Judas was a thief. It's one thing that he knew he was going to betray him, but you got to steal our money too. Like. You can't just choose one God. Oh, Lord, you know, every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen. That reminds me for some reason of King David. They're coming back to you, who you have chosen to round out this circle. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry for he has deserted us. <laughs> he got what he deserved. This is what they essentially saying. He deserted us and has gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. So back in those days, God spoke through I forget what the official word. Anybody remember what the official word is, what they call the casting lots? I forget there's a word for it. But that was normal in those in, in back in old, especially Old Testament these times that it, it, what was it called? Anybody remember? Is it Ephraim or something like that? I forget. But there are a lot of decisions of that's how they they would hear God's will of how they would pretty much just draw straws. And they trusted that that's, that was God's will. Chapter two. On the day of Pentecost. Ha ha, now we, we get to where the Holy Spirit about to make his entrance. And he coming in in a dramatic way. So Pentecost, as I did some digging about Pentecost. Pentecost, let me get my notes. Pentecost actually 
um, that it was, and, and then, and okay, 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 okay. So remember on our one on whatever night it was, I talked about the things that Jesus wanted to say last, how he spent his last supper. And the theme of that night was navigate differently. Holy Spirit about to step up in the joint. They really about to navigate differently because the Holy Spirit coming through. Now, the reason why they were together, they had begun to live differently, but let's not miss the fact that they still were Jews. So there were still things and they trying to navigate this new reality of theirs. And so they were together for this, this festival. Uh, it wasn't called Pentecost. It was called a, uh, the Festival of Weeks. And it's, I can't pronounce the Jewish name, but it was originally a, a festival that celebrated Moses coming and giving the Torah. The Torah is the five, the first five books of the of the Bible: uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and oh gosh, my mind just get went blank. I forget what the the fifth one is, but y'all know y'all got your Bible. Y'all can figure it out. But that's why they were there because they're still Jews and they're still trying to work out this new reality that they're in so that they, they are navigating differently. So on the day of Pentecost, but what happens is how we got rebranded. How we got called Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely, oh, let's go back. What's the word? Amazed. We just saw amazed in Matthew 7. How can this be? They exclaimed, these people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cap Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia. Woo, for yeah, that word, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in their own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there, how? Amazed and perplexed. What? Yo, what's happening? What can this mean? They ask each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, oh, man, they're just drunk. That's all. And then what happens? Peter stepped forward. Get that. Remember, God had us harp on when G, when when they came. Ah, thank you, Jesus. When they when they came, the the, the the soldiers came to get Jesus in the garden, and we and I couldn't understand why it kept sticking out for me of just that Jesus stepped forward. Jesus stepped forward to take his accountability. Jesus stepped. 
forward to take on his responsibility. Jesus stepped forward. Mm. Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, Peter is, is taking his responsibility of being the rock. All of what he's learned, all of what he's gone through, all of what he's been trained to do. He didn't forget his training, like my little brother being the teenage mutant ninja turtle. Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make, mm, make no mistake about this. I'm going to take responsibility and tell you, these people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles and wonders and signs through him as you well know, but God knew what would happen and his prearranged plan was carried out. This is Peter speaking, y'all. This is Peter. Listen to the tone, listen to how his authority, but God knew what would happen and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed with the help of lawless Gentiles. You nailed him to a cross and killed him. Peter is taking his authority, but God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. So King, Peter knows his history. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your holy one to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fulfill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself. This is Peter speaking. 
for he died and was buried and his tomb is still here among us, but he was a prophet and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. Peter is preaching. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses to this. Now he is exalted in the place of highest honor. I seen him, I seen him. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us. He told us this was going to happen. Just as you see in here today, for David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he still said, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool upon your feet, under your feet. So let anyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be the Lord and Messiah. Catch this. Peter's words pierce their hearts. Our Peter. The Peter who was always popping off at the mouth. This is our Peter. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said, and said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter had answers. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Process, repent, Turn to God, be baptized. The result, you will get the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. We just saw Jesus preach for a whole long time. That's why I had to start you with Matthew 7 so you can start seeing the fingerprint. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Peter is not biting his tongue. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day upon this rock. You will build my church. It was about 3,000 in all. Pop over to John 14, 12. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking again. And he's speaking. This is the at the Last Supper. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So now let's pick back up over at Acts 2, 42 through 47. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe 
came over them. And the apostles performed many miracles, signs and wonders. Didn't Jesus just tell them what they gonna do? The fingerprint. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Now this part, I'll be honest with y'all struggle with cause I like my space. I don't mind hanging out with you, but then at some point I, I gotta have my own space. So ooh, Lord, thank you that I'm born in 1972. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Great. They worshiped together at the temple each day. That's where I got you. I'll meet you at the temple each day. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Yep, I can share my meals and I'll have joy. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day upon this rock. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Peter, as Lashenda says, our cussing Peter, John 5 through 15, 5 and 15. Uh, that don't seem right. No, we got to start. Go. Oh, sorry. No, five. This should have been five, one through 15. My bad. I'm like, that don't seem right. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. And inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame or paralyzed, lay on these porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time. He asked him, you would, would, you, like, would you like to get well? me, I'd be like, that's a dumb question. No, dude, I'd just rather sit here for another 38 years. But you know that. I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus coming through and get ready to break up and change that always. Jesus told him, stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. It's like, dude, that simple? Stand up. Pick up your mat because don't leave behind any remnants of who you used to be and walk. And instantly the man was healed, Lashenda. He rolled up his sleeping mat and did what? He began but this miracle happened, happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. Yeah, Patrice, but if you say so, they said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. Yo, dude, really? Like, and y'all know we got real religious people like that today. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. Dude, do you, you're missing the point. Do you see I'm walking? You paying attention to what I'm carrying as opposed to what I'm doing. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, didn't matter. But Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who healed him. So pop over to Acts 3 and let's see the fingerprint. 
Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently. Who's together? First, who's together? Peanut butter and jelly. Told y'all, Peter butter and jelly are together. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, oh, who spoke? Peter. Look at us. Man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus, Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Fingerprint. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was the same lame beggar, remember that same incident where uh, Jesus had um, uh, sent the demons out of the man into the, into the pigs? This sounded familiar? People are seeing this man who hadn't been able to walk since birth. When they realized he was a lame beggar, they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They were used to who he was. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Can you imagine? You have never known what it is to walk. And then it said where he always was. And yet this particular day, the always is about to change because of an encounter with a man who had been groomed and trained and who was stepping into his authority. And however long you've been this way, it just immediately and suddenly changed because you had an encounter with the man who started owning his calling, who started walking into his assignment. If Peter hadn't started walking in authority and boldness into his assignment, this man would still be the way he is or the way he had been. If you have spent time with me, Dana, in these 30 days and you, you don't step into your assignment, Cynthia, there are people who are going to miss their next level because you won't do what God set up for you to do so that you could be a service to them. You got the fingerprint. And I like this next line, verse 12. This is our Peter. This is our Peter. It says he saw his opportunity. This is where the, the knee jerk and impetuous action has now been flipped to him being bold and useful. This is when the Peter who normally his, his, his words getting him in trouble, his, 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 he writes a check that his butt can't cash. This is when God is using that part of his personality to be of use. So 
all of this extra that God has always had in me, this, this person that just was just loud and boisterous who got in trouble for talking in school is now using her words to minister about the love of Christ. Come on, y'all, are you catching it? The thing that would always get Peter, Peter in trouble is the thing that God is using. It says Peter saw his opportunity. He saw the opportunity and addressed the crowd. His knee jerk reaction has now been, been used for a force for good. And people of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of all of our ancestors who has brought glory. Do you hear the boldness that Peter is speaking? The God of all of our ancestors who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus who you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You, Peter ain't pulling no punches. That's the other thing. Peter ain't pulling no punches. You rejected this holy righteous one and instead he is standing up for his due. You rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Don't get it twisted. And we are witnesses of this fact. I was there through faith in the name of Jesus. This man was healed and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus name had healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realized that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. I'm gonna give you a pass because I've been walking with Jesus. I've watched him forgive people. I've watched him. I know I may not have seen it that day, but John came and told me even in his death, Jesus was forgiving folks. He was asking for your forgiveness while he is being in the middle of crucified, being suffocated, trying to get air. He still was forgiving people. So I'm going to start looking at the other side. So I realized you didn't have a clue what you were doing. It was done in ignorance, but God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah. Because I even missed it. I should tell y'all about the time that I was trying to derail Jesus' plan. He had to call me out and tell me, get behind me, say that I even missed it, that he had to suffer for these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away like he wiped mine. If y'all only knew what I used to be, some of you still know. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things that God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, anyone who will not listen to the prophet Will, complete, will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about Peter knows his history. The Holy Spirit had just opened up Peter's eyes. Remember God, Jesus at the end spent time and he would often say, let me open up your eyes. And remember when he appeared to, come on y'all, you seeing it? When he appeared to Peter, and the other man on the road right after he had been raised from the dead. Remember, we highlighted, I didn't know it then, but we highlighted how it said Jesus walked them through the scriptures. 
So Peter is having a supernatural moment where Jesus himself had walked him through the scriptures. Remember, it took him back. It took them back to how we ended up here and how all of these things had to happen. It had been prophesied. Remember that, oh, Jesus, thank you. Remember all the times that it said Jesus opened their eyes. He knew this was going to have to come. So he had to start giving Peter supernatural revelation that is probably even tripping Peter out as the words are flowing out of his mouth. I don't even know how I know all of this. Oh, that's right. I had an encounter with 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 Jesus. And remember, I said when I taught that day that Jesus probably had to hide himself from who he was because he knew what he had to pour into Peter. And Peter would be so distracted in the natural being so happy to see his boy that he wouldn't his mind wouldn't be able to process what Jesus needed to deposit in it supernaturally. Because Jesus knew this day was coming. Cynthia, Jesus knew this day was coming for you. Mom, Jesus knew this day was coming. So he spent time supernaturally depositing in you. Dana, Audrey, he knew this day was coming. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. That's what Jesus had done. Remember, he connected the dots. You are the children of those prophets. And you included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to you, people of Israel, to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Last one. Matthew 21. 23 through 27. When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things who gave you the right? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you just answer one question. Did John's authority baptize, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he would ask us why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believe John was a prophet. So they finally replied. Mm. And Jesus responded. Then I won't tell you about what authority I do these things. Fingerprint. Acts 4. 1 through 31. While peanut butter and jelly were speaking to the temple, speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests. Fingerprint. They were confronted. And the captain of the temple guard and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were disturbed that peanut butter and jelly were teaching the people that through Jesus, there is a resurrection of the dead. And if you're new, if this is your first day, you may need to go back and listen to how I'm calling Peter and John peanut butter and jelly. We, we did a whole study on their friendship. So I'm not being dismissive. Um, but this is who I am. These leaders were disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus, there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them. And since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of people upon this rock, I will build my church. The number of men who believe now totaled about 5,000. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Anus, the high priest, was there along with Saiphas, John Alexander, and other relatives of the high priests. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, 
by what power or in whose name have you done this? Fingerprint. They watched how Jesus handled this. Remember the other people in the temple wanted to know whose authority are you doing this? But look at what happens. Verse eight. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them at the last supper, I got to send the Holy Spirit to be your advocate. The Holy Spirit's job is to lead you into all truth. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them with his whole chest, rulers and elders of our people, I'm going to give you your respect. Are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a cripple man? Do you hear how you sound? How ridiculous that sounds? This man has been crippled since birth. Do you want to know how he was healed? Well, let me clearly break it down to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. The man, oh, he coming at him again. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Yeah, you crucified him, but you couldn't hold him. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council, there we go, were amazed. Why were they amazed? Because the Peter who had rejected or denied Jesus three times now is walking with a boldness. John didn't, didn't tell them this time, like, you know what, let me just strike y'all down because remember John was a son of thunder. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that they were ordinary men. They were fishermen with no special training in the scriptures. That's why Jesus had to spend time opening their eyes. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered peanut butter and jelly out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. Patrice, what should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows it, but to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you let Peter mess around and did the wrong thing. Peter got a Holy Spirit in him. And commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Watch my Peter. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you? rather than him? Dude, we can't stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Are you kidding me? So then the council upped it and threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. That sound familiar? For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. So now we find out it was 40 years, 40 years, over 40 that this man had been unable to walk in a instantaneous suddenly that came through and broke up his always. He now can experience life and navigate 
differently. As soon as they were freed, peanut butter and jelly returned to the other believers and told them what the leaders and priests and soul elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voice together in prayer to God. Oh, sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor, David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city for Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will, Father. And now, oh, Lord, hear their hearts, hear their threats. I just noticed that H-E-A-R-T-S hearts is in threats. I just noticed that when I misspoke it. And now, oh Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your Holy Spirit, Holy Servant Jesus. After this, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. The fingerprint. We're seeing the fingerprint. So when you have Jesus's fingerprint on you, I'm going to give you half of the acronym tonight and I'll give you the other half tomorrow. When you have Jesus's fingerprint, I'm going to give you finger. You will have faith in the father. Remember how we broke down that Jesus never operated outside of what the father told him. It was always going to be, he was always going to be pointing you back to the father. He knew the father would come through. When you have Jesus's fingerprint, you have influence and we can see the influence. Peter had had influence from day one when he opted to follow Jesus. There was something about how Peter had already got down with his fellow fishermen that when he followed Jesus, they did too. And remember when the last time Jesus appeared, it says, Peter said, I'm going fishing. Five of them was like, we going too. wherever Jesus went. Jesus carried influence by the way he showed up. You got natural gifts when your fingerprint comes from Jesus. Peter was naturally gifted in being influential. Peter's natural gift was to kind of step up and say what was on his mind. But when God got a hold to it, he knew he had to had to rein that thing in so that it will be used for good. G, when you got Jesus's fingerprint, you, you got greatness on you. You got greatness on you, Yvette. You got greatness on you, Patrice. Miss T, you got greatness on you. If we hadn't even done this, this, this study, we, we know enough about Jesus that there was greatness just oozing all over Jesus and how he just walked and the swag he carried. So if I got his fingerprint, there's greatness on me. There's excellence. There's a way that Jesus just, like he, he didn't have to turn the water into wine, but there was an excellence to him that 
He didn't just say good enough. There was an excellence of how he navigated. So as a result, Peter has excellence in him. Just look how he spoke and how he, he broke it down of his boy's sacrifice and then R. There's a resolve. We did a whole study of, about Jesus' resolve to finish his assignment. And we're seeing, Laz, Peter's resolve has kicked in. Yeah, he messed up once, but he was resolved to finish strong, just like Jesus was on his way to pressing towards Jerusalem. So we got faith in the Father. We got influence on us. We've got natural gifts that just, I don't have to work at being who I am. It just flows naturally and, and God has taken it and nurtured it. There's greatness in all of us. And then there's, we navigate with the fingerprint of excellence because we know we're how we're doing it for our God. And then when we have Jesus' fingerprint, we operate with a resolve. There's nothing that's keeping us from our assignment. So that's my heart for tonight. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for a beautiful next to last day conclusion of bringing this study time to a close. And we thank you for all the nuggets you've shown us about Peter and how not only just about Peter, but how it applies to us here in 2020. We're grateful, God, for this time that has been carved out so that we, for the most part, can have minimal distractions because of just quarantine and being locked down. So we thank you that for the month of August, this is what you ordained for some of us to do for our next season, our next level. So it is my prayer, oh God, that as we're wrapping out the next to the last day, that our final day, that these things just become cemented in our hearts. And that we walk out of this season forever changed. We love you, oh God. And we will be forever grateful for this time. I pray, Lord God, that the hearts that are broken over loss or stress are healed and mended in your time. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my peeps, was that helpful? Was that helpful? Tomorrow is our last day with Peter. I'm grateful. So, so grateful. <sighs> Miss T says, God is truly using you. Stay true to your assignment. Thank you, Miss T. That's my godmother. She can speak to watching my evolution from <laughs> cussing kids out <laughs> in fifth grade. <sighs> she would tell me when she would drop me off at school, don't be in there cussing them kids out. <laughs> Um, so let's count it down and I'll see you guys tomorrow for our finale of August full of TJ and Jesus. 10, nine, hey, Ren, eight.
Patrice says, I'm grateful for your obedience. I have learned so much this month. You are most welcome, Patrice. Seven, six. Lashinda says, I'm grateful. You make it plain and simple. You are most welcome. Um, that makes me happy because that's what my pastor taught me. Make it plain and simple. Um, six, five, four, three. Ren says, finale of part one. <laughs> Can a sister just get a break? Three, two, <laughs> one. See you guys tomorrow. Mwah! Bye. I just loves me some porta potties, said no one ever. I don't know about you, but the ickiest thing on the planet is when I am forced to use a porta potty. I try to hold my bladder until the last possible minute. And what about nasty public restrooms? Ew, public restrooms plus kids. Parents, what do you do as soon as you take them to a public bathroom? You make them hold up their hands and forbid them to touch anything. Then you get in the stall. There's no toilet paper or seat cover. You handle your business, come out, and then there's no soap or paper towels. Lord, how much Jesus is just not a good situation all around. Fortunately, though, fortunately, there's the restroom kit, a full bathroom solution the size of a lightweight deck of cards. A deck of cards, y'all. I keep one in my purse all the time just because it's complete with a full patented oversized toilet seat cover, enough toilet paper to cover the essentials, plus wet wipes for your tushy and your hands. The restroom kit is a don't leave home without a necessity for your road trips, you going camping, the beach, festivals, basically any restroom that ain't yours. Even that friend of yours whose cleaning is not their strong suit. You know what I mean? So pop on over and visit therestroomkit.com. That's therestroomkit.com. And when you use the code RAMBLINGS, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-S, you will get 15% off your purchase. So stop going to the bathroom without the full protection you need. Go get the restroom kit at therestroomkit.com. Well, that's it. Hopefully you enjoy what my TT shared with you. And like she always says, let's go out and make God smile. And don't forget to hug somebody. It's T2 Mercer signing off now. See y'all later. <laughs> <laughs>